Turn with me to Hebrews real quick. And I'm going to read something to you. Moses is going, chapter 3, verse 7. I'm going to read about verse 19. Moses is in the wilderness with the children of Israel. But let me pray before I get started. <laughs> I'm going ahead of myself. <laughs> Father, we just thank you for this morning. Thank you for your presence here this morning, Lord God. And I pray that your word would come alive to us this morning. That we'd stand on your word this morning and believe what it says, Father. It's only one way, and that's through your word, Father. It's the only thing that you hold above yourself is your word. The only thing that's steadfast, Father, is your word. The only thing settled in heaven is your word, Father. Yes. Jesus' name. Moses is in the wilderness, and he's taking the children of Israel. Now, you've you got to know these people. They were religious people. How many of you have ever went to church with religious people? <laughs> Listen. I've seen some wingdingers. Listen, I've seen people wave their hair around. I've seen them swallowing on the floor. I've seen them spitting everything else. But you know where they're at today? <laughs> Something, we can talk about spiritual gifts, and we can talk about all the moving and those things happening. That's, that has to happen in the church. I don't believe a church can operate without the gifts of the Spirit. But we need to realize where did it begin? Is our faith settled? Is, our, is the word of God settling in our heart? Do we know exactly what God teaches? Come on, somebody. Do we know what God wants us to know about him, him and his son Jesus? Do we understand what he, he, he's saying to us when he tells us certain things and certain promises and certain things he wants us to do? It's because he wants us to grow faith in our heart. Now, I feel the presence of the Lord. He wants us to grow faith in our heart, to believe him, no matter what you go through. Stand on his word. That's the foundation. That's the only hope. There's a rejoicing in knowing you have faith. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm, I've been excited, praise God. I'm going to get up and run around this maybe today. But you never know. how. I think it's real. I think God's word is real. I think the power of God is real. I think God wants to bless his children. He wants to deliver them and set them free today. Hallelujah. Only if we can believe him. God opens the door for blessings. God opens the door for healings and, 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 and whatever you need in life. We have to believe him. Moses is in the wilderness with these people. And like I said, these were some stiff neck. Listen, these were uncircumcised in heart. Always resisting the Holy Ghost, even as their fathers. They was constantly fighting Moses, miracle after miracle. All the, 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 the things in Egypt that took place, miracle after miracle. Crossing the Red Sea, seeing all of that and coming back and seeing water flow out of a rock. Hallelujah. Come on, seeing fire on the top of a mountain. So solid. Heard God's voice themselves. But yet they still wouldn't believe. <laughs> you know, I, I, maybe it's just me. But being in the church a while, I see people fail because they can't accept God's grace. And they can't. Listen, that, that altar that was in that temple, now make me think about that because I, I won't forget it. I won't forget it after a while. That altar that was prepared in that temple was a place where the sacrifice was offered for sin. The children of Israel would go and they would offer this sacrifice on this altar. And, you know, it was constantly coming back. Going for the, offering the same sacrifice over and over and over and over. We as Christians do the very same thing because we come to the cross and we look at that sacrifice and we're coming back for the same thing over and over and over. 
The only way we're going to get in the holy place and the holy of holies is if we, if we stop there and say, God, it's time. We go forward. It's time we get the peace. It's time we get forgiveness. It's time we accept what you did at Calvary 2,000 years ago. Unless you accept that sacrifice, I'm telling you right now, you're not going into the holy place. I feel the presence of God. Unless you accept what Jesus did at Calvary 2,000 years ago and place that in your life, that is your foundation. That is your faith. That's where you set your feet firm on. I am a Christian. I am a child of God. I've been born again through the blood of the Lamb. That's the only hope I can ever find. That's the only way you're going to make it to glory. Man, I... <laughs> oh, I'm, listen, I might start jumping in a little while. Y'all, y'all just forgive my jump. <laughs> It's good to be in the house of the Lord. We have to find that grace and that mercy and that forgiveness and accept what happened at Calvary. Guilt in the heart of a believer won't take him to the holy place. Shame won't take it to the holy place. Listen, I'm saying that because someone, we, so, we feel so guilty. God, I got to do something to help, help you save me. <laughs> You know how many times I've done that? And you know how many times I fell flat on my face? Oh, and I'll come back to the altar. Oh, Lord, please forgive me. Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. No, I'm doing the same thing over and over again. So, son, when are you going to get set, but I've already forgiven you. I've already given you the, the grace. I've already cleansed you from your sins. Why are you, listen, there's nothing wrong. I repent every day. That's not what I'm talking about. Listen to me. I'm not talking about going to God and, and examining your heart. That's not what, I'm talking about constantly staying in that same spot and never going any further with God. You know what the, the Lord promises through his word? He promises that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's a promise. Why do we have problems accepting that? That's what it is. We think, we, we think that, that we're, we're not good enough. Well, you're right. You're not good enough. I'm not good enough. Jesus is good enough. <laughs> I said, come on, somebody. Jesus is good enough. Jesus is the atoner for my sins. Jesus is the hope in my salvation. Jesus is the grace that I, I go by every day. Mm. Oh, my God. The mercy is of God on you every day. <laughs> I need him every day. I need the mercies of God every day. I need his grace every day. I need his love every day. I need his, his patience with me every day. Moses is in the wilderness with these people. And look, look, I'm telling you. Maybe we'd have done the same thing as them. Maybe we'd have fought Moses and fought God the same way. They're sitting there at the mountain. And God tells Moses, tell the people to come. And I'm going to speak to them. They said, well, we can hear from God too, Moses. <laughs> that preacher ain't the only one that can hear from God. Come on, somebody. We can hear from God too. So, so they, went to, they went to the mountain, and, and, and God starts speaking, and they're running for their lives. <laughs> Listen, I had an experience a couple of months back with me and God. I almost started running. <laughs> He was so powerful, Sister Gath. His presence was so real. I, I mean, I could almost touch him. And, I, and, I, and I, I sat there, and something happened to me. I got scared. I really, I, man, I got scared. I said, what's going on? 
So, so here's the children of Israel. They had the mountain with Moses. And, and the Lord says, I'm going to speak to them. And boy, when he started speaking, they started running. Moses, you talk to God for us. We'll listen to you now, Moses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's what, that's what happens. They have the experience with God, and God wants to drill something in their hearts and their lives. I feel the presence of God. And, and he, he's speaking directly to them, and they still doubt him. Out of all that they went through in the wilderness, that had to be the most stupidity I've ever saw in a human being. God's telling you himself. He's speaking to your mouth uh, verbally, and then you're going to doubt him. Oh, my God. Well, I'd never do that. Huh. <laughs> Yeah, huh? I thought I would never do a lot of things, praise God. When I found out, huh? <laughs> flesh, flesh, flesh. You know flesh goes to church? <laughs> you know the devil goes to church sometimes? Yep. Come on. <laughs> Listen, I know. I, I, I was just, <laughs> I was one of them. <laughs> I want to know God. And I want to know his forgiveness. And I want to know his grace. And I want to know his mercy. And I want to know his word. With everything that's going on right now, y'all, we better, we better hold on to Jesus with everything we have. Yeah. We better hold on. He says here, let me read a little bit to you. I'm going to preach more than I'm reading. That's what I'll read. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, he says, well, in verse, uh, I'm in verse 7, but I want to read that verse again of chapter uh, 3 of Hebrews. Today, if you hear his voice, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the day of provocation or rebellion. You know, God speaks to you. You don't run. You listen. God says something. He's saying it for you, for your own good. For you to grow with him, get close to him. God wants to speak to his church. Now, we, 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 could, we could get religious and everybody have all this other stuff going on. That's, I see it, man. I'm telling you what. Brother Swagger said that in his right. The church in America is sick. The head is sick. Because they've gotten caught up in another spirit and they need the spirit of the Lord. When I started coming here to this church... I'm going to give you a testimony. The first thing I noticed when I came through that door was the love of God. That was the first thing. I was a young Christian. The love of God. Oh, God loves her. That's not the kind of love. I'm talking about a love that sanctifies, a love that changes, a love that, that, that purifies and, and it gets me close to the Lord. That gets on my fanny when, he, when I need it. Praise God. That needs to correct me. A love that changes my life. You hear what I'm saying? A love that is powerful. It's just not words. It operates God's love. It's, it's, it's everything I'm talking to you about this morning. The power of God. Changing the life. Now here you go. Moses is in there. And, and they, they, he says, it says here, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, If you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the days of provocation or rebellion. That's where you get another word, rebellion. God is speaking, praise God. Do not harden your heart as in the days of rebellion, in the days of trials, in the, as in, in the days of the trials in the wilderness, 
Wherefore, as your fathers tested me and tried me and saw my works 40 years. I'm going to tell you right now, I have tested God a lot of times. I tried God a lot of times. God's saying, Landon, what's wrong with you? So, well, God, you, you don't, can't you see what's going on? Can't you see what, what's happening? Can't you see my life? Can't you see? Can't you? Listen, I lost my job. I'm sick. Everybody, everybody uh, is, is scattered. My family's all messed up. Can't you see? <laughs> okay. Does God see? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was explaining when I preached at that funeral about how big God is, and I just was using that for a salvation message. I don't think we know this God we call Jehovah. I know him as our Savior. We might know him as our Savior, but to know him, to know his glory, and to know his power, and to know who he is and what he is. Listen, that bothers your mind to even start thinking about it. How powerful is God? How wonderful is God? How glorious is God? What kind of power he possess? What kind of glory he has? I can't, I can't even, I blow my head off my shoulders if I, if I try to figure that out. Because his thoughts are not my thoughts. His ways are not my ways. Sometimes I see something one way, I say, well, that looks like that would be God. And, and now here comes another way that turns out to be God when I was wrong and all, all along. <laughs> Think I'm hearing his voice. The other day, I was saying them, I say it again because I felt the call of God when I came, came back here. I was in my dump truck and, and the Lord spoke to me. I was, I was listening to, I preached a message, if y'all remember, takes the blood. And I was listening back on the internet. And the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, son, that's what I want you to preach. It takes the blood. It takes one way. That's what he told me. And I felt the call of God. I'm not joking with you. I felt the call of God. And I said, Lord, that's what I'm going to do. And he said, I want you to tell my people to believe me. That's the three things that he told me. Takes the blood. Tell my people to believe me. You know what I'm saying? One way. There is no other way. Listen, if you're looking for another way, another, another, another God, uh, way, it's not there. If you're, going to, if you're going to continue with the Lord, Jesus is the way. They're fighting the Lord. They're resisting Moses, the man of God. Therefore, I was angry with that generation. They always go astray in their hearts. They have... They have not known my ways. <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs> How many of you have done that already? Huh? How many of you have done that? that you didn't follow God's way. And you wonder why you had trouble. Now, don't get me wrong. You're going to face trouble, some tribulations, even as a Christian. Because it's impossible that tribulation will not come. We're going to, we face, listen, you're going to go through tests, you're going to go through trial. But I'm just, listen, I had an experience where I, the Lord, I, I wanted to borrow some money from my business. And I'll never forget that, praise God. The Lord said, don't do it, Lynn. I went and did it anyway. You talk about miserable. Man, about three weeks, two or three weeks, I was, I just couldn't pray. I just couldn't, I couldn't connect with God. So you're telling people to believe me and you're not going to believe me? <laughs> I had a preacher. <laughs> You're telling people to believe God and, and you doubt me? 
I was an unhappy camper. You ever feel that God's a million miles off, like that song I said? You ever feel you're trying to touch the Lord and he's nowhere to be found? Oh, it's a, that's an awful feeling. That is an awful feeling. I don't want to feel that way. Listen, I'm learning as you're learning, praise God. Listen to me. I'm learning to understand a little bit what faith is. But I don't want to preach that faith that, that a lot of you hearing on the television and radio and all that stuff, that give me faith, you know. Everything is God give you everything and you don't do nothing. You know what I'm saying? Send a thousand dollars and God will pay you your, 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 all your debts off. That ain't God. That ain't God at all. Praise God. Listen, you give freely and will, willfully as unto the Lord, as God puts it in your heart. But you can't buy God. Listen, my children don't have to come to me and say, Here, Daddy, uh, here's a thousand dollars. Give me something. Never. Because you know why? Those are my children. And there's not a parent in this house of God today that wouldn't do the same thing. Come on, somebody. If that asks me for something, I might tell her no. But let Isaac come, or Boogie, or Lena, or Hannah, my children. I'm going to do what i got to do to get it for them. You know what? That's my daughters and my sons. Because they got, they're part of me. They, they have a covenant with me. And I said it a while back. I said, you know, me and Janet's got a will. You know who that, who, where everything goes when we die? To those four kids. Because that is our wishes. Come on, somebody. That is the will that we set up. How many know God has a will for you? Come on. Listen, God has it written down. He has a promise. There's never going to be change. If you're going to serve God with all your heart and love Jesus and be his child, he has a will. And no one can take that will away from you because you're his child. <laughs> you know, I had a revelation of that and I understood finally what grace meant. You know, being brought up in the church and hearing grace so many times and no, you know, to really sit down and explain what grace is. Grace is God's favor on your life. I'm saved by grace. God gave you favor. There's a lot of people that won't be saved. Come on, somebody. There's a lot of people. Jesus says, many are called, but few are chosen. So don't look for the billions and billions to get born again and all, and all that stuff. It's not going to happen. But you were. <laughs> You were chosen by God to accept Jesus in your heart and life, and he gave you his grace. He gave you his will. You're, you're part of his will. Listen, after me and Janice pass on, the Lord don't come first. Nobody can argue that will. Everything we got is for our children. <laughs> Y'all understand where I'm coming from today? Everything we got is for our children. And nothing's going to change unless we go and change it ourselves. And you know what? As angry as I get sometimes, some of my children, I still love them. And I hadn't changed my will for them yet. <laughs> huh? Never. I never thought about going to the Lord and saying, I'm going to write Boogie out. He sassed me yesterday. <laughs> you know, he, he, he didn't do what I wanted. I never happened. Never, never. Listen, me and Sister Jane has been married, and don't get me wrong, get mad at me, 39 years. <laughs> And you know what? I never think about divorce. Never. Murder? <laughs> I don't even think about that even. <laughs> you 
You know, I try to be humble, and we lay by each other at night, and I said, you know, Janice, you got a low-down husband. I mean, you, you, listen, <laughs> try to lower myself as low as I can, you know. But anyway, <laughs> what you going to do with me out there at night? What you, what you going to do with me? She said she's going to keep me. <laughs> All right. I wouldn't trade her for 10, Miss America. I ain't lying right now. No, no, <laughs> she says, what? In the day of propagation, don't harden your heart. And I'm, I'm going to read this. He says he was angry with those people in the wilderness. They, in verse 10, they also go astray in their hearts and they have not known my ways. He says, I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Now watch. How many believe in God for something? Seriously. Believe in him. I'm talking about really standing on his word. Yeah. You, know where that, you know where that prayer is at? You know where that answer is at? In, in rest. <laughs> Come on. So if, if, if you believe in God, that, there's no struggle. There's a confidence that, that God's going to do exactly what you asked him to do. So that, that, that faith is taken in, into rest. Everything you're asking God is in the rest department. Come on, somebody. Listen, when I'm at rest and I'm sleeping good, I have no, I'm, not, I'm, I'm at rest. But when I got a lot of things on my mind, when I, when I, I can't figure out what I'm, I'm struggling. Actually, when we as Christians take our prayers, our answers, what we're asking God for and put it in rest. Rest. Take your, take your faith, put it in rest. You believe in God for something? Put it in the rest department. You wanted something from the Lord? Put it in the rest department. You need a healing in your body? Put it in the rest department. You need to fix things in your, and you need a job? Put it in the rest department. You having uh, marital problems? Put it in the rest department. Remember, God is not going to slack concerning his promises as he told Abraham, as some men count slackness. God is faithful to do exactly what he said he would do. He's not going to change his mind. Not for me, not for you or anybody else. God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. If we'd ever get a hold of that, listen, I've been practicing that lately, praise I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe God. And things have been happening. I'm getting more work. I mean, I'm feeling better. I'm, uh, God is blessing me in my house, blessing this church. A lot of things are happening, praise God. When I came back, the Lord said, you just plow. <laughs> just plow. Just keep plowing. Please. Listen, I have some dear brothers that went on before us, Brother Coon and Brother Mike. I'll tell you what, the men there just encouraged me so much when I was a young Christian. And you know what? They plowed. So, you know, we all come. We're starting to plow. We're trying to get the plow moving. Amen. Everybody, everybody wants to push the, get behind the plow. Amen. Let's see what God's going to do. You know, I used to drive a motor grader. And I'm going to tell you, honest truth, uh, the big old machines that blade the side of the road. And you know what? And, I, and you have to keep your eye on, on it. You can't. Listen, the blade was set like this. Okay, I'm driving it. The blade's like this. And I'm blading the edge of the road. And I'll push some dirt on the road a little bit, and I'll come back and push it back, fix the ruts, you know? But, you know, I'm, <laughs> I was driving the thing, and I, and I said, I'm going to look, look back behind me and see how nice my rows are. You know what happened? The machine did this. <laughs> I had to back up <laughs> and start all over again. <laughs> I said, God teaches you some spiritual lessons in a lot of ways. I said, boy, just keep your, your, your eyes on the blade. Just make sure the road is straight. Come on, somebody. He that looking back is not fit for the kingdom of heaven. He that set his hand to the plow and looking back is not fit for the kingdom of heaven. You make sure you keep your eye on the blade. 
And as long as I get my own, I was doing all right. But the minute I get it off, look back to see how good I'm doing. <laughs> Listen, I had to learn some hard lessons. I was back up. Oh, look, you know how many times it's tempted to look back? You know how many times I, would, I was working for the highway department and I, and, and I backed up? How many times I backed up? <laughs> God says, keep your eye on the blade, son. Okay, God. Oh. Back up, Lenny. Let's do it again. Keep your eye on the blade, Lenny. The blade would just shave the edge of the road pick it to fix the, the ruts. And I'd back up. I'd plow it again. Back up and spread it again. Back up. <laughs> but only look at my eyes on, on the blade. Then I can, I can get my job done right. Amen? Okay. I'm confessing this morning. Okay, is that all right? I'm going to let you know I ain't perfect. <laughs> Sister Janice said, hallelujah. <laughs> She'll tell me, Shalani, we can't afford it. You're right. <laughs> I'm starting. Listen, I'm going to write a book on how to have a good marriage one day. Three main things you learn to have a good mind. Do what she says, do what she says, and do what she says. <laughs> Just do what she says. <laughs> All right. Oh, I'm just playing around this morning. Hallelujah. Beware, lest, verse 12, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief. And departing from the living God. Let me, let me read some scriptures to you. There, you know, I think unbelief is one of the worst sins we can commit, man. An evil heart of unbelief. I'm going to read you some uh, verses this morning. How many of you want peace in your life? And there's not a person in here. Y'all better all raise your hand. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> when you're in doubt of God, okay? Now, I've, I've been talking about faith this morning, and the main emphasis is that if there's no peace, there's no rest, there's no faith. It's not that mean you're going to have to struggle. It doesn't mean you're, you're, you're praying and you're, and you're seeking God. But there comes a place in your, in your life you have to say, God, you said it. That settles it. Man, it's written. God's not going back on his word, Yvette. Mom, he's not going back on his word. He said it. It's sealed. All through history, all through eternity, that word will still be, be the same. You ever thought and thought about that? He's promising you something that's always going to be the same through all eternity. Not, it's not, never going to change. The thing about us is that we can walk out of it. You know? And even when we walk out, he chastens us to bring us back. But if you come back, it's going to still be the same. Because his promises are still there. I'm not the one to believe in once saved, all saved. It's not in the Bible. I did find one scripture. In uh, 1 John, where it says, Love not the world, neither the things in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. All that's in the world, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, it's not of the Father, but of, of the world. But he that do it, the will of God, abided forever. See, we don't want to read that and, and, and you see, we, we'd rather just believe we can, we can never lose it. But you have to be in the will of God. My kids are going to get what I got because they're in my will. You understand what I'm saying? That's not going to change unless me and her go change it. You know? 
Listen, if one of my kids attacked my wife, I'm going to forget about Grace for a little while. Because she's the most important thing in my life other than the Lord. That's my decision. That's what God wants. If, I, if my, my relationship with Christ reflects my relationship with my wife, I'm a, we're going to stay together till we, till we die. Because I have to have, I got to reflect that relationship, that will of God in my life with her. But as much as I love my mama, I told my mama, my wife is more important than my mom. I honor my mom. I'll do whatever she can do. But I have to forsake my father and mother to be joined under my wife. That's God's will. Amen? So the first lady to have to look after is her. Because that's what God wants. And I'll be honest with you, that's what I want. I'm not being sassy about it. I'm not being rough. I just, I just believe that's what God told me to do. Take care. Do, serve me, son, and take care of your wife. So that's the will of God. I can back it up in Scripture, you know. Your husband loved your wife. If wife says Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. I asked myself one day, I said, Lord, would I, do I love my wife? He said, would you die for her? I said, in a heartbeat. Then you love her. If I can die for my wife, then I can love her as Christ loved the church and gave himself for me. So I thought about that. I said, man, what truth? Because I really don't want to, I want to spend my life with, with my wife. Till Jesus comes back or we both die. I have no doubt about that. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't even think about, would you laughing about divorce? Not even close. Have no, no thought of it. Don't think about it. It's because we're one. See? So we're, if we're one, we're in agreement. So if we're one with God, we're in agreement with God. So my, let me go this way. My fellowship with God and agreement with God comes back to my relationship with her. See what I'm saying? So I have to, I have to share that fellowship with God with her. So if I'm going to, listen, I had somebody get mad at me. Well, when I was preaching in Henderson years ago, when I was pastoring a little church over there, I said, I can tell how much you love your wife. Come on. On how you treat her. Listen, if you're going to sit there and, and make her feel lower than a dog, you, you don't love her. I can tell what kind of relationship you have with God on how you treat your wife. And, and I got some people, some men, they were mad at me. <laughs> so you can be mad all you want. It's the truth. Don't tell me you're going to say you love God and worship God and, you, and you're going to belittle your wife. See, <laughs> I'm not getting off into marriage counseling this morning. I'm just saying is that's what the will of God is for your life. It's what God said. And when we follow his will, and we follow the faith that he gave us, everything falls in place. I want rest in my marriage. I want rest in my business. I want rest in our church. I want, to, I want rest in everything I could pray, ask God for. But it's not going to happen until I say, it's your will, God. I got to look at what this book says, okay? And if this book says something, then I'm ready for it. Now, I'm not telling you I'm perfect. I'm not telling you I don't feel God. I'm this God help me. I'm so ashamed of myself at the times I could tell you I feel God. When God said to do something that I did totally opposite, miserable, try to pray when you're in rebellion against God. Try to pray when, when, when you're not in God's will. None of y'all have been through that? <laughs> 
<laughs> oh. And you talk, and you say, God, please help me. Bless me. You ever been in them kind of proud, proud time with God? And God's saying, I just wish you'd shut up and let me talk. <laughs> See, we don't want to shut up because maybe we don't want to hear what he has to say. <laughs> huh? Okay. I ain't got much left. I'm going to just read a few. You just close your Bibles, okay? Trust me, it's in the scriptures. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can't check. You're right, even. <laughs> in doubt about God. So Jesus answered and said unto them, and this is in Mark chapter 11, verse 22 to 24. Said unto them, have faith in God. For surely I say unto you, whosoever says to this mountain, be you removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things that he, he says will, will be done or come to pass, he will, he will, he, he will have whatever he says. Oh, oh God, I want a Cadillac. Like that. That's not what he's telling you this morning. Listen, if there's a mountain in front of you, and it, we, physical or spiritual, speak to it. That's what he says. I didn't write this. He says, if you say under this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and not doubt in your heart, you shall have whatever you say. You don't think words are powerful? Especially words that are spoken in the will of God. How many know this is the will of God? How many of you know that God wants to move mountains out of your life? How many know that God wants you to, to be able to see in front of you, nothing hindering you? Don't want a mountain or a sycamore tree or anything in the way. When we get in, we get in, and we get in these areas where, where we have things in front of us, and we can't see clear. We can't see what's in front of us. God, make a way. Speak to that thing. Say, get this thing out of my way. That I can see. Romans 4.20. You don't have to turn. I'm going to read it. He, this is talking about Abraham. He, he, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith or strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, <laughs> being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was more than able to perform. And I like that. Abraham didn't doubt God. I remember that scripture I shared the other day when I said, if he'd have been mindful of where he came out of, he might have went back. If he'd have looked back and said, well, I had it better at my father's house. I had it better in the Earl of the Chaldeans. I had it better. With... God said, leave your father and your mother. Leave your family and go to the place that I... He didn't even look back. Hear me. If he had time to think of what he was leaving, he'd have went back to what he, what he got told him to leave from. Does that make sense? Never look back. If God's telling you to do something, look forward. If God is speaking to your heart, look forward. Don't be mindful. Don't look back. Because you're going to go right back to where you just came out of. Out of God's will. God wants us to go forward. Come on, somebody. God wants us to go forward. God wants to feel the presence of God, man. God wants us to move forward. Forgetting those things that are behind. Pressing forward for those things that are ahead. Press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm looking for heaven. I'm looking for a city which builder and maker is God. Hallelujah. I'm not looking for, for that city in the back. I want, I want God's city. I want to be the glory one day. I want to be in God's will. I want to be walking forward. I want to be, be in the path that's going to that golden city. To that city of God. Hallelujah. I'm almost finished. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Let me read you out of 1 Thessalonians. You don't have to turn there. A very short verse. Chapter 5, verse 24. He who calls, he who calls you is faithful. I like that. <laughs> Who's that? It's Jesus. That's the Father. The Holy Ghost. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Do what? Do whatever you want in the will of God. How many know it's God's promise that you live free of condemnation? It's God's promise that you live free of guilt? It's God's promise that you live free of the past? Those things that are weighing you down, burdening you down? God doesn't want that for your life. Today you can be free. If you only do what God says. Press toward that mark. Toward the calling, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Listen, praise God, this is a message that we need. I've watched through, through, through my time with the Lord, through, through church history that I've been involved with. So many people, they just stay stuck. I was one of them. Seriously, I was one of them. I was staying stuck. And I would try. I really wanted, I wanted to serve God. But never saw how serious his word was and how serious that he, his promises was. I'm a child, Sister Ethel. I'm in his will. <laughs> my children are in my will. None of y'all getting what I got. My children are going to get what I got. And anybody in here feels the same way. Don't lie to me and say, I'll give it to whoever the Lord tells me. No, you're going to give it to your kids. <laughs> and I don't blame you. I would do the same thing. <laughs> you're in his will. You're in his will. You're in his will. My will and my wife's will, that's, that's my kids' stuff. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I feel the presence of God. Are you in God's will? What is God's will for you? God's will is that you live prosperous and be in health, even as your soul prospers. That's what my Bible says. Is that God's will? Do you read that in the scriptures? Huh? Even as your soul prospers, he wants you to prosper. There's not a person in this room that God don't want to bless. My God, I feel the pressure. There's not a person in this room that's born again that God doesn't want to touch and change and build their faith. Because he wants to see you. Hear you say, well, do, do, well done, good and faithful servant. Come into the joy of the Lord. We, hey, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I think, I think we're close. I think Jesus is coming back soon. Listen, I don't want to be where, worrying about who's president too much. I want to be where Jesus is president. <laughs> I'm at the point, seriously. I'm at the point where I voted for somebody 30-some years ago. You know, I never lost my vote yet. He never lost. Uh, he's still, he's, everything he promised me, he's given me. But I had to be in his will. And when I got out of his will... I didn't get it. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Don't think that man will receive anything of the Lord. Amen? Let's stand up, y'all. Praise God. I want us to understand faith is what we need. I'm not preaching faith that you hear on TV. This uh, what they call the word of faith movement. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about true faith. Faith that makes things happen in your life. We all together as believers come together on one roof to worship God. But I can't go grab you by the hand and say, have faith. 
I can't wave a magic wand and you have faith. Bling. It don't happen that way. Faith is something you have to receive. Personally. Listen, if, if God would take each one of us and send us each direction, we had to go. And, 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 and you go here and I go there. And we had to carry that faith with us. You, you, you don't have faith because I'm your pastor. You just some shake a donkey's tail. That's about as much. It's, it's, it's not faith because somebody else said it. It's faith that comes from God. So when you leave today, out of that door, you carry that faith with you, right? When you pray at night, you kneel and you get on your knees and you say, God, I trust you. I trust in your word. I trust in the promises that you give through your word. Listen. Jim, we took this little Bible something, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I have the little promise books, which all it is is scripture. On everything you're going through, I have about five of them. Somebody wants one? I mean, it's, 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 it's so easy. Just scriptures. You're going through worry. You're going through fear. You're going through grief. You're going through, through doubt. You're going through, you know, you're facing stuff. A lot of people have problems going through the Bible and finding scriptures, you know, you know especially people that just starting off. But I find this thing is, I, I went to visit somebody. I saw they had it open. It was, they were going through something. They had the little book I gave them. The little promise book. And all it is is the word of God, the scriptures. That's all it is. It gives you what you're going through, and you go through the scriptures. I think that's an important tool. And I think God wants us to believe him. And the only way we're going to believe, how can I believe in something I don't know nothing about? How can I understand if I don't know what God says? You understand? You get what I'm saying? So if I know what he says, I can hold him to his word. Nothing wrong with holding God to his word. Because God, God don't have no problem keeping his word. We got a problem keeping his word. I want to ask you this morning, how's your faith? Now I'm not talking about, I believe God. No, I'm talking about really believing. And trust him. Hallelujah.